Shadow of the Hook by Wolfgang Wimmers. Passage 6, Part 2. Continuing from where we left off, with our four companions leaving the house of misfit fairies and on in search of the gifting grotto. Back on the trail, and deeper within the gloom forest, Quilby was leading his companions, trudging uphill, away from the quirky house, and on in search of a stone wall, a cave, and a spider-silk net. A little snow had also started to fall. As they travelled, they caught glimpses of the hook through the trees. Much closer than they had ever seen it before. It was truly gigantic. When they reached a small hollow, Quilby waved the others to a stop and pointed at a number of hideous-looking spiky bushes off to the left of the trail. "'We're not going in there, are we?' asked Oscar. "'What do you mean, Oscar?' asked Ash with a wry smile. "'That's a perfectly nice, dangerous-looking bush to walk directly into!' Quilby, who had been rummaging in his hat, said, "'We stand at the d door to the, to the heart of the fairy realm.' Without a special kind of help from the folk, your kind cannot enter. He pulled a small brown leather pouch from his hat. This is, is f f fairy dust, he said. It will allow you to p p pass into the realm beyond. D don't worry, the bush won't hurt you. Handing the pouch to Oscar, he added, And you have Ash to thank for the dust. Rosa turned to Ash. How do you make the... As Ash began to laugh heartily, Oscar quickly jumped in. Uh, I'm not sure we want to know, sis. On Quilby's instruction, Oscar opened up the little pouch's drawstrings, took a pinch of the contents and sprinkled it over Rosa's head. The silvery dust sparkled in the light as it settled upon her. It tingles, said Rosa. A bit like sherbet. Oscar sprinkled a pinch above his own head and then a little above William for good measure. <laughs> You're right, Rosa, he said. It does. Ash caught Rosa's eye. From between my toes, he whispered with a cheeky grin, then disappeared directly into the spiky bushes, leaving an astonished Rosa behind him. F -f Follow me, said Quilby before he too vanished into the jagged branches. Oscar pocketed the pouch and grabbed his sister's hand. Together they stepped up to the bushes, Rosa pulling William along behind her by the ruff of his neck. As the siblings reached the spikes, they closed their eyes and stepped forward. Instead of a face full of thorns, all they felt was a gentle breeze. Rosa opened her eyes to see snowflakes falling, impossibly slowly. Everything, even her own movements, were lost in time. Even her words came out slowly. Look, Oscar, she said. It's wonderful. By the time Oscar opened his eyes to look, though, it was all over. Time had returned to normal, and they had broken through the barrier. Gulby and Ash were just ahead of them, on a path, leading off up a small rise. 
In this part of the forest, everything looked a bit sharper, clearer. The air smelt clean, yet earthy. The weather was milder too, although there was a little snow on the ground. Oscar, Rosa and William joined the others and they all set off again, tramping upwards. As they reached the top of the path, a rabbit jumped a crooked line in front of them, the fresh layer of snow collapsing under its bounce. Oscar and Rosa silently watched while it swept past, oblivious to their presence. They had come to a break in the thick, dark forest, where it opened out onto a large rolling meadow. Frost licked the tips of the grass and daisies peeked their heads out. It's beautiful, said Rosa with delight. It's just like spring. To the left of the meadow, a large rock face extended up into the clouds, while beyond it the forest continued. Straight out to the right, the meadow ended abruptly, disappearing into the sky. Don't go over there, children, said Ash, pointing to the right. That's a very big cliff. And a mighty fall for any who lose their footing. Quilby pointed to the left, over at a large oblong rock sitting near the cliff face. Large, dangerous-looking rocks peppered this part of the meadow. Well, this is the place, he said. Rosa got out the map Von Lipp had given her. You're right, Quill. It definitely looks like we've made it. Hmm, but I don't see any caves, mumbled Ash. I've been past here a hundred times before. Rosa looked up from the map. Oscar, look, she said. We're at the hook. They all gazed upward. For now... The clouds had parted. Rosa was right. The cliff in front of them was the base of the hook itself. It hung above them, huge and perilous. Its hook curved over like a giant rock wave, poised to crash. They all stared in awe. Ooh, it's, it's making me a bit dizzy, said Rosa. Still gaping at the immense cliff face, the companions approached warily leaving William the goatacorn to his chewing. Well, what now? asked Rosa. In response, Ash stared intently at the grey stone wall ahead, broken wings flittering, hand on chin. Meanwhile, Quilby began rifling through his hat, while Oscar scratched his head in thought. At last, Quilby broke the silence, clearing his throat. <clears throat> okay, I, I, I got something. Uh, everybody stand clear. He moved even closer to the wall, removed his hand from his hat with a flourish, and sweeping it in an arc, released a fine mist towards the wall. As it drifted through the air, it sparkled orange, then brown, then blue. Quilby's voice rose. <laughs> Cracking of stone, breaking of sky, rushing of water, roaring of fire, weave elements of life, of birth, reveal, unmask, unearth. 
the magical mist swirled through the space between Quilby and the rock wall ahead. Clumps of earth and a handful of pebbles were swept up into the swirling mass, followed by a small ball of snow from a nearby pine. As the whirling debris spun faster and faster in the air, the pebbles clicked against one another, making sparks that soon became a small ball of fire. This growing blaze melted the snow to water, introducing the final element to the mass now twisting in the air. As all four elements combined, the spiralling mass shot towards the cliff and crashed into the large oblong rock at its base. Almost immediately the rock began to move. The companions stood gaping in astonishment as the rock unfolded itself into a squat, humanoid shape. The main rock became its body, and a few of the smaller rocks lying around thunked into place to form its head and limbs. And behind this large stone creature appeared the cave entrance they had been seeking. The group all looked at Quilby in wonder. He shrugged, and with a shy smile said, I guess my spell uh, worked then? I, I, I can hardly believe it myself. William stared at the scene, chewing the grass. It's... It, it, it's an ancient stone warden, said Ash in disbelief. I, I haven't seen one of these things in about... Oh, a hundred years. Oscar and Rosa both looked at Ash in surprise, hardly believing what they were hearing. Was Ash really that old? He looked like he was quite a bit younger than their father. At the cave entrance, quite a few smaller stones and pebbles had begun rolling towards the stone warden. Slowly they made their way right up to its head, where they began arranging themselves into the features of a face. The rock suddenly spoke in a gravelly voice. So, more adventurers seeking treasure. How incredibly dull. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Uh, uh, Stone, said Rosa. That, that was rude. We're actually on an important quest. Yes, of course. They all are, said the warden. A few go in, fewer come out. And what does it matter? All I ever do is appear, ask a few questions, then crumble back into pieces. Rosa's frustration at this was clear. For your information, these two are being chased by an evil troll. And we have to find a spider silk net in the gifting grotto behind you, so we can save them, she began. You wouldn't believe what these poor things have... Ash placed a consoling arm on her shoulder. Don't let it get to you, Rosa, he said. Stone wardens are centuries old, and are known to be quite miserable. He turned to the warden. Yes, ancient one, we all feel very sorry for you. Do please go on. As Rosa here mentioned, we are in a bit of a rush. The warden let out a gravelly grumble. You stand at the entrance that leads to the gifting grotto. 
seeking something that lies within. Yet, nothing worth having is easily achieved. When you are ready to proceed with your first challenge, only speak the words, we seek a gift. At that, the warden froze, lifeless once more. Okay then, said Ash eagerly. Let's go for it. What's to stop us from just walking right in now the cave is open, said Oscar, beginning to inch around the warden. This! It boomed, coming to life for an instant and smashing its hard foot to the ground, before assuming a fighter's pose and freezing once more. Oscar leapt back in surprise, tripping over a loose rock and performing an awkward backward roll. Well, well that, that, that was a little startling, said Quilby. Let, let's not try anything like that again, shall we, Oscar? Everyone nodded in agreement. Quilby nudged Oscar in the leg. Go on, why don't you start the, the first challenge, seeing as you're so eager to get inside, he said. Oscar took a deep breath and dried his clammy hands on his pant legs before taking a step toward the rock. Warden, he called. We are ready to face the tests. We seek a gift. The stone warden came to life again and spoke. You will face numerous challenges, but what these will be, and how many of them you will face, is not yet clear. What is clear is that serious danger and consequence awaits those who fail. Your first challenge begins with me. Answer my riddle correctly, and you may pass into the cave. Answer incorrectly, and we battle, until only you or I remain. After a few seconds of stunned silence, the stone warden spoke again. One of your own... From family true, never calls out or beckons to you, won't sit beside you or shake your hand, nor give you a hug or come forth on demand. You'll not stand behind them, nor pat on their back. They will not correct you, nor give you a whack. If you should fall, they feel all your pain. Love you or hate you have nothing to gain. To mirror a thought will allow you to see. Reflect and then whisper your answer to me. Oski, you're great at riddles, said Rosa. Yeah, but I've never heard anything like this. Sounds pretty tricky. We'd better get this right, kids, said Ash, broken wings flickering more than usual. I don't fancy our chances against old rock monster over there, even with my new club. Oscar turned away, gazing off in thought. Okay, everyone in our family would do at least one of these things. He turned to face his companions again. 
What about you two? Any ideas? Ash and Corby both wore blank expressions. Right, we're not getting far here, are we? said Oscar. What about family that are no longer with us, like Nana? offered Rosa. Corby chipped in. Yes, well, well, my Nana is a ghost and, and, and she's always calling out for me at, at home. Ash looked doubtful. Hmm, maybe that's it. Maybe the answer is a ghost, he said. But I'm not sure. And we must be absolutely sure before answering. If it were me, I'd, I'd go with it, said Rosa. But but you're the riddle guy, Oski. It's your decision. Oscar's mind was racing. What else could it be? If it were me, and it is me, I would say, hang on, if it were me, what if it is me? The other three looked at him in confusion. Don't you see? It's me, Oscar said. First of all, in riddles, there's sometimes a clue in the words of the riddle itself. The last two lines said mirror and reflect. What does a mirror do? It reflects a picture of myself. And, and if we look at the rest of the riddle, I'm part of my family. I'd never call out to myself or shake my own hand. And I can't sit beside myself or give myself a hug. And why would I ask myself to come forth? And I definitely can't stand behind myself or pat my own back. It's got to be it. The expressions on Oscar's companions' faces slowly brightened as they came to understand his answer. All except William, whose face remained typically blank as he watched. Well, I think you've got it, Oscar, said Ash, a huge smile breaking out from ear to ear. Oscar squared his shoulders and walked confidently up to the stone warden. When he was directly in front of it, he whispered, Me. At first, nothing happened. The warden remained motionless, while Oscar just stared up at the stone creature, waiting. He was about to speak the answer again when the stone warden spoke at last, in a miserable tone. Here we go again, it grumbled. All at once, a large crack appeared in the centre of the warden's head. Further cracks began appearing all over its body. A moment later, and the stone-like creature had broken apart and tumbled to the ground. A pile of rocks now lay at Oscar's feet, and the stone warden was no more. Beyond, the large cave opening yawned. Oscar's companions gathered around to congratulate him with hugs and hearty handshakes, then began eagerly preparing for their journey into the cave. But Oscar felt a wave of worry wash over him from head to toe. He looked down at his wristwatch. Tick. Tock. Tick. Tock. At this point their parents would be frantic. Would they be driving the streets? Were they arranging a search party? Were they even talking to Von Lipp? <sighs> so much trouble, he mumbled.
um, uh, hello, is uh, <clears throat> this this thing um, on? Uh, hey, Quill, uh, there's a red light and all of these squiggles here when we talk. I, I think we're good. Uh, oh, um, uh, amazing. Uh, so, uh, hello out there. It's Quillby and, and Ash here. We uh, uh, popped into Wolfgang's studio uh, to... Well, looks like more of a place he hangs his giant clothes, truth be told. Uh, um, yes. Uh, so, so now, anyway, uh, Wolfgang would never ask you this himself, but I, I'm sure he would love it if, if anyone out there could support his uh, podcast in, in any way they can. He, he does want to continue telling his stories... After this one is is done. Yes. Yes, it's true, Quill. He put many, many hundreds of hours into making this story. And, and, and many red gemstones. And he really didn't want to have it interrupted by ads. Uh, what's it about anyway? Uh, oh, I, I believe it's about us. Really? Y yes, and, and, and all the trouble we had with the, the, the grobble that time. Remember? When, when we first met Oscar and Rosa. Um, well, wouldn't that spoil the ending? Knowing that we are still, you know, here, not walking around? Well, well, well not really. I, uh, I guess the grobble could still uh, get us. You, you, you never know, Ash. Uh, but he didn't. Uh, no. Or did he? Uh, no. Uh, no, no, he didn't. Well, let, let's let the listeners be the, the judge of that. Okay, uh, so anyway, there's a couple of ways you can support the show. One... And most importantly, tell all your friends. In person. In a letter. Or a fairy note. Those things that you use. But another way to, to support it is to, to rate and review the podcast. If you have something called an Apple phone. And the final way is to support the show with a small donation. Now, kids... Ask your parents first, and only if they can spare a few, uh, um, uh, monies. Or, or diamonds? No, not diamonds, Quill. But rubies? Uh, no, uh, anyway, most podcast players have a support the show button. Or the link can be found at the bottom of the notes for each episode. It, it, again, it, only if you're enjoying it and can spare a few of these um, uh, m m monies and uh, want to hear more adventures of, well, uh, us. Wolfgang would love the support. Um, any you could show. Hmm, yes. Uh, oh. This box down here looks a bit odd and out of p p place. I, I, I wonder what could be in, in, inside. <laughs> 